Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hello, Super Nintendos. Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat episode 598. I'm your host, Seth Macy. I am joined as always, by industry legend, Kat Bailey. Hello. I think that I am Team Carby with a C, not Team Carby with a K. Mm. I do not subscribe to this apostate religion. <laughs> uh, uh, also, we are joined by uh, Per Schneider, uh, f- famous Nintendo influencer. 
<laughs> I'm uh, so happy. Thank you for having me. I will. Pair is it live a live or live alive? It's live alive. Which, live you know, alive. We'll, we'll talk we'll about. We'll be it. getting into that. I have. Daibu Araibu. And joining us once again from the vaults, from the Disney vaults, it is Brian Altano. <laughs> they yeah, they unfroze my head, and I'm here to talk again. Oh no, yeah, I'm very happy to be back on Nintendo Voice Chat. I didn't know we were picking like gang wars and stuff over mm. spelling of Carby and live alive, yep. but I'm here for all of it. Let's do it. Yeah, oh yeah, you got to pick a side or else you'll be left behind. So yeah, well, there's a lot of stuff to talk about because we willed a Nintendo Direct into existence with last week's show and they made it happen Good specifically job, for us. Yes, we did it. We yes. have magic powers. Uh, that's why uh, this episode is titled Metroid Prime Trilogy Remaster next Monday. And that's not actually <laughs> true at all. We are talking hmm. about Mario Kart 9. That's a German joke. Nine means no. We have nine. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. It is kind of a yin, not a nine. Okay. Sure. Yeah, I know. It's not great. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a yin. Wait, what is well, a yin? Yin is if you don't want to commit to ya or nine, so it's a yin. Oh. <laughs> what? Is it's it, in so the middle. Like maybe? Is it maybe? Mario Kart yeah. maybe? No, it's yes, no. Yeah, I'm more. I'm actually more confused the more you explain this. Well, let's you, talk about le less confusing things. <laughs> we'll talk about the 48 new DLC tracks, which in and of itself is a little bit mind blowing. But yeah, we're not getting Mario Kart Nine. They did the old Nintendo like, here's some Mario Kart news for you. Ah, come on now, and it's actually pretty awesome. We're getting 48 new DLC tracks for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, $25 for Nintendo Switch Online subscribers. These are classic tracks from the Mario Kart, uh, uh, the entire history of Mario Kart, even to the to the pocket game, which is is pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, well, the mall, the, guys, the mall, what's up? the mall is back. <laughs> yes, keep going. I was going to ask, do you think this is going to be uh, free for suckers like me who bought the uh, expansion pass? Or oh, it is. is this... Yeah. Yes. Oh, already, oh, they already made that. Confirmed it. Yeah. yeah, they confirmed that. Yep. So if you have okay, the twenty five dollars well, tier like expansion dumb. pass. You get this for free. And I, I think that's very smart because this combines what is Nintendo's most popular game of the generation. With oh, yeah. Nintendo's least popular news announcement <laughs> of the generation, which was, I mean, no, seriously, like the, the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pass uh, was the most downvoted video Nintendo ever uploaded back in the mm -hmm. olden days when YouTube had a down a downvote button. They don't anymore. Yeah. But I think this combines those two things. It adds a ton of new content. To the game i'm i'm into it there was obviously that um, initial sort of like this isn't a sequel kind of bummer you know that yeah. kind of letdown but then kind of looking at this as this is a catch-all for all things mario kart they're bringing in sure. the the mobile game courses which there were a bunch of cool ones now you won't have to play those you know with your phone anymore <laughs> so yeah this is this is fun this is cool don't don't I don't take this as apologism. I think this is really smart, right? Mm -hmm. Nintendo needed to justify why you should stay subscribed to this uh, to this upgraded online plan. And you know, with one N sixty four game a month, it looks like that's the cadence. That might not be probably is not enough for most people, right? And they right, they're right. not very diligent at releasing Super NES games either. And so it was kind of like missing this thing that made you want to subscribe to this upgraded version. You get your Tetris 99 upgrades, all that. And this is exactly it. This is a pivot. Basically, they had a game that's selling like crazy and it yep. has not stopped selling. So they don't want to replace it with Mario Kart 9. And at the same time, there are lots of people who want to play online games and they, no, they can no longer get new Smash characters. So what should they do? And 
I think this is so this is so smart. Uh, it's definitely going to get me going back to the game. But there's yeah. this kind of sad realization that you don't get that upgrade to the core gameplay like you would with a double dash and the, the two-player right. mechanic and all of that. Right, right. Yeah. It's such a perfectly Nintendo move to release <laughs> a giant DLC pack for like an eight-year-old game <laughs> at this point. That's how old Mario Kart 8 is. And I mean, Terrible. in some ways, I feel like this is a bridge to the actual Mario Kart 9 because it's not ready yet. But also, Nintendo's big priority is to get more subscribers onto Nintendo Switch Online. And this is a much better value in many yeah. ways compared to Animal Crossing, where the DLC felt pretty non-essential. I loved it. I had a blast with it. But it was not core to your enjoyment of an Animal Crossing. However, Mario Kart 8 fans... Mario Kart fans are going to buy this. Yeah. They're going to want it because that's that's a lot of tracks. Forty eight new tracks. Holy cow! Yeah. I mean, I know for me, for in my case, I'm going to be like, oh, now I want to play Mario Kart again. Yep. It's going to be fun. Yep. It'll be fun to play all of these. Totally, yeah, we're all going to go back. The last, mm -hmm. uh, however long that the Switch is, about five years of Black Friday, the Nintendo Switch deal has been a Mario, or excuse me, a Nintendo Switch with Mario Kart Eight bundled into it, and mm -hmm. now probably come this black friday it'll be the same one again <laughs> that we always make fun of with the expansion pass or you yeah. know like you know a free a free look at it so yeah this is a, a really smart move on nintendo's part to make people sign up i agree with you i mean there. They're, they're they're adding they're doubling the content of a game that sold 40 million units yeah like that's i think that's you know, there, again, like there was that 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 moment where I was like, oh, you know, it's like like Paris said, it's 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 missing that big hook of you know what's the next, you know, kind of you know gimmick is in in you know I think I I use that word affectionately. Um, I know for a very long time in Nintendo Land that was like a bad word to throw around, but gimmick is is a good thing for Mario Kart. Like, what's the hook? What's the gameplay loop here? What's the new thing they're adding? Right. So yeah. we didn't get that this time around, but you know, asking forty million people to buy a brand new game versus including a bunch of tracks and something they may or may not already be subscribing to for significantly cheaper. They can get on, on like the family account stuff. I think it's a good deal. It's cool. I, I, I'm, I'm a little surprised at how they're um, actually doling this content out there because it's, it's going to happen over the course of a full year. Like we won't see the end yeah. of this until 2023, which is a long time for Mario Kart 8. Like Kat said, that game is, it's gonna be almost a decade old, but also- Eight years. Yeah, right? I mean, I, I think it would have been interesting to to maybe say, hey, here's, you know, four new four new courses a month or something like that. Um, yeah. You know, uh, it's, it, it, is, it is odd, because I feel like you could get people who sign up for the expansion pass and then, and then play through all the content and bail. But Mario Kart doesn't really work that way either way, right? Like you want to replay all these levels a lot. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And they're releasing a full championship each time, right? Like mm -hmm. you get a good good sized um, uh, track pack. What what is more, what is interesting in addition to it showing how Nintendo pivoted late from, you know, trying to give a, a core to its online service by, by turning this now so late into a live service game. The other thing that I think is notable now, we pontificated about what Mario Kart 9 would be, and we talked about could it be Mario Kart Ultimate, basically all the tracks. And this basically tells you it's not going to be because Mario, <laughs> K Mario Kart 8 is turning into Ultimate, which maybe gives more credence to the kind of thoughts that maybe the next Mario Kart is the Ultimate crossover, you know, whatever, Nintendo's metaverse Nintendo approach. Kart. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That everybody wants. Mm -hmm. This also opens the door for Nintendo on the whatever the Switch successor is to 
re-release Mario Kart 8 Deluxe once again <laughs> with oh all the DLC God. included. So. Stop it. Don't give them or, any ideas. Or you like they didn't think years, of that. <laughs> five years ago, we were talking about the prospect of a Nintendo Kart because mm-hmm. of the Zelda and Splatoon characters, and it hasn't materialized yet. For Mario Kart fans who are disappointed, I kind of understand why. Eight years is a long yeah. time to lean on any game. It's been two consoles now. Yep. This game is almost as old as GTA V. Think about that. GTA V came out in 2013. This game came out in, I think, 2014. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that tells you all you need to know about that. Mario Kart 9, I think, would be really energizing, and it would be an opportunity to, uh, first of all, make a much more robust online play that can maybe fit into your big Nintendo Switch online subscriber things. You can make it more of an actual live service game rather than trying to bolt on this booster pass <laughs> DLC thing. And frankly, they should do Nintendo Kart. The time has come. Right. Smash Brothers, there won't be a new Smash Brothers for a while no. now. The DLC is done. That would give us some of the energy and the excitement of being like, okay, like what's the next Nintendo thing that's going to be coming on to Mario Kart? Maybe they're doing that. Maybe that's what they're working on right now, and they just need more time to do it. But for Mario Kart fans who are like, all right, here we go, Mario Kart 9, I can totally understand why this would be like a little bit of a letdown. Yes. I, I look forward to them doing like entire Nintendo Direct reveals on Mario Kart character, you know, getting unlocked the first time and then having 45 <laughs> minutes afterwards where they're just like, well, here's all uh, of their, well, they don't have moves, but here's all, here's what it looks like when they get hit in the mouth with a, a banana. <laughs> um, no, to- Kat, I'm totally with you. I, I, I also feel like they, they can take all of this content and just throw it into Mario Kart 9 to start. So you have a good, you know, a good base for the sauce there. Like you come in <laughs> and when you when you start, you immediately have, you know, 100 plus levels. It's sort of like the expectation we got with Smash Brothers this time around. They didn't leave any characters from the previous ones behind. Like that was their thing. So they, they kind of wrote themselves into that corner. But I mean, that's what you get selling 40 million copies of a Wii U game. In, right. You know, in this well, day. And, and I, I wanted to point out that, yeah, this game came out in 2014, but effectively, as far as the majority of people who own this game are concerned, it came out, what was it, uh, in 2017 this came out for Switch? It was in the top 10 last year for physical sales. Yeah. Still, it was the second best physical selling game for the Nintendo Switch. Who knows how many people bought this game online, but what that tells me is that the thirst for a good Mario Kart game is real Mm -hmm. and people would be so hot on a Mario Kart 9 whenever it came out. Yep, but people will definitely stop buying 8 when 9 is out. And so, you know, I I don't begrudge them for keeping on riving that that money Can we just keep going this for another year, one more year? It's the GTA 6 thing. Like you said, it's like we stop buying GTA 5 and we'll get 6. That's right, yeah. Isn't the attach rate basically one-to-one at this point for Mario Kart? Like, how much more, how many more units of this can you possibly sell? I I, I think it's like, it's one of those things that people get a brand new Switch and this is the first game that they buy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's one-to-one for every existing Switch owner and one-to-one for every future Switch owner forever. And 
all of you are great, and I'm proud of all of you. But you're really keeping us from Mario Kart. Nine, so. <laughs> it'll be, <laughs> it'll be the no, <laughs> it'll be the pack-in. <laughs> Honestly, I think it'll be the pack-in. It'll be the pack-in that gets you playing the game, and then you need to subscribe <laughs> to get more tracks. Like it is, it is going to turn into a free-to-play game that way. And you ask how much farther can they go? Well, Wii Sports sold 100 million units for yep. being a pack-in, and like I think that's the goal. Well. It's interesting that you mentioned Wii Sports and a pack-in because we also got the reveal of Nintendo Switch Sports during the Direct yesterday. And knowing what I know of people who never played video games in their entire lives, who also just have a Wii still hooked up right now and still bowl like twice a week. This year I decided I actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals. So I subscribed to a service that streams all of the NHL to your television, uh, the Boston Bruins home opener. I went to watch it and boom, blackout restrictions apply, which I thought was kind of ridiculous because I'm still 200 miles away from Boston, but whatever. Had I had NordVPN, that wouldn't have been a problem. I would have just gone in, changed my settings to another geographic area, and boom, I could have been watching all the Boston Bruins home games like it was nothing at all. So now I have NordVPN and I can watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated. It's the same thing with like Netflix. It has all these complicated licensing rules, which from one country to another don't really make sense. So something you could watch on South Korean Netflix, you won't be able to watch on the United States Netflix unless NordVPN, boom, switch to South Korea and you're watching whatever Korean drama that you want I highly recommend you do that. I haven't done it myself, but people seem to enjoy them. And who am I to try to bring down people's enjoyment? Uh, NordVPN, more than just entertainment and sports availability, it's going to protect you, especially when you're traveling, when you're using public Wi-Fi. People are trying to get in there. They're creeping on you. Bad actors, people trying to steal your password, your bank account details. Who knows what the government's doing these days? I can't keep track. They're all over the damn place. NordVPN... It's going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, it's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, um unsavory actors are out there. If you want to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. That's nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. Victor Charlie. Uh, that link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There is no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nice of them, and I appreciate that. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. 
and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. I think that Nintendo Switch Sports is how Nintendo is going to sell 23 million uh, projected Nintendo mm-hmm. Switches. All I have to do is show my parents the golf. Yep. Because during oh. the Wii era, my parents bought a Wii and they would have date nights where they would go <laughs> golfing the and Wii thing Sports. Ever. Oh my. Yeah. So I'd just be like, Dad, Nintendo Switch, yep. Wii Sports. Oh, we'll get my dad will be like, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it shows the the foresight and the genius in coming up with these little suckers, right? Like they are able to pull off the motion control stuff through clever means. Uh, and mm-hmm. they showed in the trailer, you strap like in uh, Ring Fit, you strap yep. one of them to your legs so you can tr- it can track your soccer kicks, and the <laughs> other one obviously has got accelerometer and and um, it's just it's it's just really smart how the switch is able to basically handle all of Nintendo's history, except for maybe Virtual Boy and DS effectively, eh, but yeah, you know, they'll but... they'll figure those they'll out figure. too. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm looking forward to this. I know a couple back home in Maine, where, oh wait, I guess I am in Maine, but in my hometown <laughs> that are not video gamers. Like they're, you, you go to their house and it's, you know, lots of deer heads on the wall and camouflage and they're middle-aged folk. And uh, he was telling me, oh, he says, I got a Nintendo Wii. I said, really? What games do you have? He's had them all. Bowling, golf, mm. tennis. He was just talking to that. He just thought that's what they were. So, yeah, the, the so, Wii Sports thing it was such a huge breakthrough for people who just don't play video games that Nintendo yep. Switch Sports is going to just crush. So yeah, I was I was watching the reactions to this yesterday, and it was it was just like you, you remove yourself from the circle of video game nerds and junkies who follow right. this stuff all day. And it was just not casuals, you know, like it, it, it just people who only kind of pick their heads up for a video game every now and then and then get super into them. Yep. Like not people right. who just kind of like poke around on their phone and play a game here and there. People who like every now and then just find one or two or three games a year and get obsessed with them. And this this announcement, first of all, I'm floored that it took them this long to make this and yes. they were able to sell they sold a hundred million how switches. is this not a launch unit? Right. <laughs> without this thing, it's it's incredible. But like without a brand new Mario Kart and a new Nintendo Sport, Switch Sports or Wii Sports, they were able to do all this. Um, yeah. which is just crazy to me. But also I will say the Mies look weird now. And yeah, I'm they gonna, do. I'm yeah. gonna, like, they look strange yeah, and I don't like them. It. I don't know they what, look, what happened to them. It feels like Ubisoft it's a got real in there. Uncanny and, Valley. Yeah. <laughs> and the, yeah. the, the, the yeah. Microsoft avatars from the 360 yeah. days. Yeah, what happened there? And, yeah. and Disney and Barbie and everything. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> funny. I, I think you can think the Wii U uh, tanking, you can thank that for Nintendo distancing the Switch a bit from the whole we and me story at first. Mm-hmm. Right? But they still put one two Switch out as a lo- a launch title. You know but, that was but, that was very Wii energy there. But mm. not it didn't have the. It was all centered around the the function of the controller and the the rumble and all of that. They didn't use the the me's front and center. And this is kind of going back to the create your own avatar. What what is funny is like to me. I remember the reveal of Wii Sports, and we looked at it. And we're like, "This is an ingenious idea," but man, is the presentation shoddy! Like at the time, we thought it looked so bad because it's like bowling pins without legs and all of that. And this is a little <laughs> bit more what you think it looked like, right? When you, when you mm. played it, right? Like actual I, character animation and all of that. I hope yep. there's that whole sort of like subculture of people creating celebrities and you know using the like the the mustache to make Batman's ears or whatever. Like there was all yes. that weird stuff because I remember like launching Wii Sports Resort and like you jump out of like an airplane at the beginning of that game and everybody's like, 
you know, uh, parachuting down or whatever. And there was like, yeah. it was like Han Solo and Bob Ross and <laughs> like, the Joker. Like it's, it just looked around and you're like, oh, these guys have been on my Nintendo Wii for like eight years and now they're on my Wii U. It's great. So I hope that yeah. that comes back. Yes. Except with, for the one with uh, the face, you know, the, which face Doc, with Dr. Panga's face. We don't yeah. want him back. <laughs> With Wii, with this new Wii Sports game, it really feels like Nintendo is trying to recapture that energy yeah. and strike out into the blue ocean and all of that. Here's the thing. It's not 2007 anymore. Mobile games are a thing, and they captured the casual audience that the Wii once had. That's mm. why Nintendo was never really able to capture that same energy, because there are people who will play you know, Candy Crush on their phone, and they do not identify as gamers. Putting a controller in their hand, they see as a lifestyle choice, an identity choice. And they're like, oh, no, I, I can't touch that. Help me. So I actually wonder if Nintendo is going to be able to break through to the, the mom and dad audience, as right. it were. Mm. I think that people who pick up Wii Sports maybe will probably pick it up as a, a nostalgia play. But yeah, no, it's, <laughs> uh, we'll see, I guess. But uh, I, I do think... I, would, I do wonder if Nintendo's calculations are a little bit off on this one. I, I, I have I have a significant concern here, and that is, and this is a personal issue, but I have personally cut off all of the Joy-Con straps on all of my Joy-Cons. <laughs> no, I don't like having all those those dangly ropes and all that, and the bead. I don't need all that, so I got rid of all of those. And <laughs> also, your HDTV. Huh? I, I was about to see it. Like I, my, I have a you know the LG CX. I have a nicer oh, TV than I ever TV. had when the first week came out, where I was just basically like, oh, I found a TV on the street, time to play video games. <laughs> so. And I have a three-year-old, so this is this is a bad combination. So I'm gonna have to figure something out, or you know, just play sitting down. It's gonna get ugly. I just feel like there's gonna uh, the joy concert get thrown through windows and roofs and doors, and and yeah, it's it's gonna get bad. Are we still doing that? Are you like, do you have this like when you're reading a book and stuff? It's like ah, it just flies out of your hands. Is is this still a thing? I did. I I was playing a I was playing a bowling game in Oculus Quest two like a year ago, and I swung my arm back so hard I hit I punched my computer chair, and I couldn't I couldn't do a closed fist for like a month. Oh my god! So video games are stupid, and Nintendo wants to keep that trend going. So I'm in. Let's do it. Let's hit stuff. I. I think, Kat, that this will capture the imaginations of the mom and dad because I think they're going to market it you know, pretty heavily on daytime television, and you'll see it on the Today Show around the holidays, and I would be very surprised to not see a Nintendo Switch sports bundle this holiday season. I think this will be a packing uh, bundle, and it'll probably have exclusive Joy-Con. They'll go for that's, they'll go for family game night and fitness kind of messaging, and I think that's that's going to be the key there. Where some parents go, oh, this will this will get the kids coming out of their room and stopping to play Minecraft and play with us, and they get to move. I, I, I gotta think this is going to work again. I think. That's interesting because back in two thousand six, when this game came out, the novelty were the motion controls, mm -hmm. and it was a very initially accessible concept of being able to play sports right so that made the Wii the hot toy mm -hmm. of the season at the time and now i would say that motion controls are no longer all that novel and in some ways like we were saying back in 2006 oh Wii sports is a great proof of concept but what's next we never got past that yeah we never really moved past the Wii sports thing it's wild to me that in 2022 we're running it all the way back yeah 
I'm but here that, for it. That's what happens, right? It's like Guitar Hero was the biggest thing in the world in gaming. It was so cool. Everybody played it. You would have your friends over and do it. And then it just, it got over, it, it, Activision just did too many, right? They did collections yep. for bands that we didn't care about. And then there's a competitor that did the same thing and you had all these instruments. It got convoluted and complicated and just too much. And I do think, you know, the Kinect kind of hurt motion gaming and Sony's entry <sighs> just made it so commonplace that it was no longer special and we all got tired of it, right? And, and it became a gimmick. Yeah. And it became the, a gimmick and, and a worse one. Like it wasn't yeah. as fun to play a lot of these games because they shoehorned in these things. Whereas, like, it was very organic with the original Wii Sports. And, yeah. But but I do think, like, people have short memories. I think that sort of thing comes back. And if if Guitar Hero, if if you didn't have to buy these giant guitars every time, it's still super fun to play and people might get back into it. Well, they could bring it back and you can get, you could, I could go to Goodwill right now and get seven Guitar Hero guitars and mm-hmm. maybe even a rock band drum set mm-hmm. for $13. But I mean, never underestimate the nostalgia people have for stuff that they knew in the moment at the time that was terrible. But then <laughs> okay, enough time passes and they go, Attack of the Clones is one of the best movies ever made. Uh, like it just, go. No, I'm yep. just saying, it happens. It happens all the time. I'm a Star it Wars fan. I, I see this happen all the time. Um, That's because Star Wars fans are stupid. Hey, you heard me. Hey, hey. I'm a Star Wars fan and I agree. That's, I'm, I'm one of the biggest Star idiot. Wars <laughs> I'm the biggest Star Wars fan here. What have I done? That's I, not true. I doubt that's true. I will, I will take any of you to the mat in terms of Star Wars trivia, and it is one of the worst Ooh. things I've ever watched. Did you Just tell saying. Did you tell Siri to set an alarm this morning to pre-order a $230 Bib Fortuna playset? <laughs> <My God. laughs> Boom. Gotcha. I have Book of Boba Fett takes. Did you, did you Google, is Max Rebo still alive? Eight days ago, I don't he need was, to Google he was that. Not, he was I not know there. That he's still alive. He was not there when the bomb went off. He survives explosions. <laughs> he was constantly. not playing. He's safe. I'm. I'm okay. <laughs> they, they had they had that little drum robot playing that day. Spoilers. That is true. That is spoilers true. for for Max Rebo, the upcoming right. Disney Plus series. Watch, watch out! Uh, the book, book of Boba Fett Star Wars spoiler folks are going to come after you. That yes. was from two weeks ago. Uh, okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah, let's, not, let's not spoil anything. They will get very upset. (laughs) Stay on target. Let's talk about uh, a a sports game that's not really a sports game, which is New Mario Strikers, which is a foosball game. uh, Kind of, sort of. It is a sports game. Come on. Well, it's fantasy sports. It's kind of like Bill Lambeer's combat basketball. Fantasy sports is just clicking on text. This is this is like this is an arcade action sports game in the okay. vein of the best of NFL Blitz sure, and sure, Wayne yes. Gretzky and and it is NBA Jam and and it is made by the people that gifted us Luigi's Mansion three. Well, I'm hoping it's made by them because Nintendo, you know, sometimes doesn't disclose the developer when they announce this, and they should really do that because it matters who makes things. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, but it but it looks like next level games who who made the last two. And uh, it's got the same art style, the cool kind of like black ink outline stuff. And yep. I'm all in on this and not just because of my German heritage and love for football or soccer. Um, it's just the, they're just really good games and they're so over the top. It's awesome. Pair, are you a FIFA player? I used to, and I got really bored. I was an ISS international <laughs> superstar soccer player, you know, kind of it got, it got kind of killed and, you know, as did, 
all all of Konami's other so more efforts. More ISS and sensible soccer. Yeah, but no, I did I did play FIFA. I I own like probably like ten editions of FIFA as mm-hmm. well for various platforms. But I just kind of got bored and I didn't do the FIFA Ultimate Team stuff. And um, good for you. I <laughs> am. I this is this is this is great. I mean, it's just I mm. I was thinking about this game the other day. I made myself a list of games I want to see sequels to. Which uh, you know, I'm testing the IGN playlist uh, tool that we're building, where you can build lists. And I put I put the last one on this. I put uh, Strikers on it, and I I was just surprised to actually see it come to life. As somebody who's like extremely burned out on FIFA at the moment, and I've played pretty much every FIFA for the past ten years. I am just really happy to have an arcade alternative soccer game to FIFA in Mario Strikers. And it's been too long. It's been a, a good, what, 15 years at this point since we last saw Mario Strikers games. So is, it really really is it that long? Is it that long? The last one was on the Wii. Oh, oh my God. Crazy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, right. Who yeah, do you I was have living in, in the... Japan when the original came out. So, Wow. Say, Brian, who do you have in the that? Bundesliga Cup? I don't know. Oh, I mean, I'll I'll, pl- I'll I'll probably play as uh, either Yoshi covered in like that horrific armor or um, that weird toad. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> so I, I know I'm I'm very into this. I'm not I'm not big into sports games. I played I played uh, soccer actually in person physically growing up on like you know cold mornings in New Jersey wearing oh, shorts. Get kicked in the shins by all those so, other fun. Yeah. Kids. So I hate I hate that all of that but this looks this them, looks fun no, and this looks you, removed of those memories i want all of the mario strikers teams to have bundesliga names now like fortuna bowserdorf that'd be great <laughs> oh that is great yeah, fortuna can, ganondorf <laughs> there you go yeah um that uh no it's um the the other thing uh we didn't talk about is that it's eight players you can use your mm. you can use your eight Joy-Con and have a giant um, oh, foot, cool. football party. And and honestly, I mean, this is a serious. Like, if you if you look at it as a soccer game, you're not into the sport. It's not. You don't have to be into soccer. It's complete right. mayhem. Think Bomberman. It's more like that. Okay. And yeah. Eight I, players. But I, but I need to know about four four two versus four two three one. What am I going to do? Yeah. No, you don't have <laughs> don't to worry about off, off sites and all that. <laughs> I'm excited to see the return of uh, the arcade sports game. I feel like that was a real awesome part of my life in the 90s and early 2000s that just completely went away. So mm-hmm. more yeah, arcade it's, sports it's wild to me. From downtown. They just, the EA tried to do that, tried to bring them back in the early 2010s and just utterly failed to. Yeah. And I'm not entirely sure why, because there is a thirst for it. Yeah. Maybe it's because they just haven't been very good or very fun. So yeah. maybe Mario Strikers is filling the gap that we needed. I hope so. It's probably with EA. It's probably they just they can't figure out a way to sell you on uh, card packs. The to... NBA Jam was fun. Oh yeah, nobody that... bought it. Uh, oh wait, oh, that's what right. was that? Uh, oh my god, I can't remember that other one. The two K uh, bought that was sort of a cartoon version. That one was pretty uh, yeah. okay. NBA... There was an NBA Playgrounds that That's came out, the one. but that game wasn't very good either. It was, it was yeah. all right. It had some moments, yeah. but it didn't it have the, the same feel as yeah, as like a, as a classic NBA Jam. But here's wh- my pitch. What's up, Mario SSX? It's time. Bring it back. Bring yes. back 1080. Please bring back yeah. SSX. Ollie Ollie World. I need World a good snowboarding kind of a game in my life. Yeah, SSX. I feel like is great. That's yeah. gonna have the Switch is gone on long enough and it's immensely successful and it's we're halfway through the life cycle i feel like all those things that we never thought we would have gotten and definitely <laughs> wouldn't have gotten on, on the wii u How are gonna have not on remastered ssx tricky at yeah. this point everything else has been remastered i know come on ea i think i've said it before i think it's just a matter of getting like the voice 
rights back because there were actual celebrities who did like Macy Gray mm. and Oliver Platt Sean White. and wait, Sean White did a voice in SSX. Uh, I don't know. Sean White snowboarding. I'm oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that was a, what's that guy's name? He was an eight legged freaks. <laughs> what's his name? <laughs> he would, he does a voice in that. Rozelle is the, uh, is the announcer, but anyway, okay. we'll talk, we're going to talk about new Nintendo, uh, switch games. <laughs> This is the one that I, you know, I asked like what everybody was looking for on the Twitter poll and like the, the fourth entry was, you know, tell us in the comments and everyone was like, we want Xenoblade Chronicles three. And I was like, well, you, you, you friends, union friendos are going to be up for a heap of disappointment. And then they, then they show it at the end. And I'm sure that all those people were really excited. I bet, Xenoblade- I bet it, I bet it even melted, noted Xenoblade hater Cat Bailey's heart a little bit to see it. <laughs> I don't hate Xenoblade. It's fine. <laughs> It's a perfectly solid and average uh, JRPG. Oh my god, she's yeah, she's doing Zeta it Blade again. Chronic- <laughs> Quickly, cut Zeta the mic. Xenoblade <laughs> Chronicles Three was. It looks fine. Yeah, I, I will play it. I okay. This is. I'll say nice things about Xenoblade Chronicles now. I really like the battle system. Yeah, I think it is generally very good and very satisfying. I think the best RPGs are the ones in which you are fighting a boss. And you have to really think about the tactics that you employ, and you have to be really thoughtful about the power build, party building. And I think that the original Xenoblade was really, really good about that. And I hope to see it in Xenoblade Chronicles 3 as well. I'm not that invested in the actual world or the actual story. However, the world is quite lovely to look at. Yes. And I look forward to exploring it more. I hope that the characters are a lot better than they were in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, But because Lord, did I hate those character models. They were terrible. Aww. But so far, so good. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 looks like it kind of splits the difference between the two. I f- there you go. So it's my f- nice comments. I feel like I was at the embassy listening to diplomats talk here. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, thank you for saying something nice. I, th- I think this looks great. Um, you know, I, uh, Xenoblade has had its ups and downs with, with art design, I would say, and I think the world always look cool and um uh and and very impressive for you know pulling it off on 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 lesser hardware no offense but uh i think they found their style and the characters look cool i'm you know this is ultimate fan service and this is a recognition that switch is the only successful console in japan right now and you've got to mm. feed that market too and like uh, they this this kind of resurgence of jrpgs and big sprawling adventures mixed with that sort of open world approach that western rpgs have pursued i think is it's just a wonderful thing to have but they've never really been open world they just have the feel of open world because they, they have that giant feel yeah yeah but they i mean they are they're you know you, you do tackle quests in 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 the open world and the battle system is much more open worldy than than traditional jrpgs uh open worldy yeah the term that's, I, I got to go back and, and play these because I did like, you know, the open field and then there's like a giant monster yeah. running around and I go up to it. And I'm like, whoa, I can't mess with that giant monster. I better go mess with these weird fur pig I wonder things. what the sales for these games are at this point. Monolith Soft is interesting because they're the in-house Nintendo JRPG studio at this point. They keep cranking out those Xenoblade Chronicles games. And then behind the scenes, Monolith Soft offers a lot of kind of support work for various Nintendo games and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, I don't think anybody really thinks of Xenoblade Chronicles as a top tier Nintendo franchise, but they keep coming out. And I'm oh, curious. There, how some people definitely they are. do. I, yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're on, they're on social media. a lot. They're in the I comments right now. Well, I mean, every they're, franchise has its stands, but mm-hmm. I'm, 
in terms of like the broader picture, like nobody's going to conflate Xenoblade Chronicles with Zelda or something. No, but I, but, I personally but, couldn't. But I th- I think look the the last one sold I think over over like something like two and a half million units and and the one before okay. broke a million as well so you know they're definitely worth it um, and it seems like Monolith is able to make them more often than Nintendo makes Mario Kart or Rockstar makes GTA so it's probably lucrative for them <laughs> they but got yeah they're the not, formula down they just can keep making them <laughs> I I, th- I think they're in the sale they're in the same level kind of like as as frankly, the Metroid games, right? Where there is a very passionate fan base and there's, you know, certainly over a million people who enjoy these, but they're not going to be Mario Kart, Wii Sports, you know, Zelda level sales. Yeah. It's It's Xenoblade Chronicles 3. You got your wish, Xenoblade Chronicles fans, and I'm happy for you. Yep. Fire Emblem 3 fans, though. (laughs) Hmm. Uh Uh-huh. People who were expecting that new Fire Emblem, boy, that was a that was a roller coaster of emotions for all of you, and I I feel your pain. But uh, we're getting a new Fire Emblem game, and it's uh it's a Warriors, it's a Warriors game. So. It means nothing. It means nothing. They obviously the next Fire Emblem is in the works, and it's just not. No, nope. you know, they not put ready. all their uh, all their assets in, into That's this right. one. <laughs> all Nintendo Studios are working on Advance Wars in addition yep. to the Mr. Miyamoto indie studio. Up his they sleeves, it out too. Started programming. <laughs> I don't know if he even knows how to program. He had to learn. He went to a C plus plus. Yep, Udemy course for six, six of hours. Which, shout out to WayForward's Advance Wars one and two because actually. The new trailer looked all right. It, it looks, looks good. It yeah. looks a lot more polished this time around. I'm happier yep. with the art style now. So, Same yeah, right. I think they're making use of the delay. So I'm 10% more excited for that. I, look, WayForward, it's, it's a good studio. So I I always yeah. I knew they would nail the feel and the gameplay and all of that. And obviously, they've got a good template. But, yeah, the, the animations and the character art, everything looks really cool. We'll see how the, the voice acting is, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Hopefully, Fire Emblem 3 hopes is more Persona 5 Strikers than it is um, Hyrule Warriors. And mm. I, I think it's probably going to be more of the latter than the former, but mm-hmm. we yeah. shall see, I guess. These these games are getting better every uh, with every release, I feel like. You know, yeah. the, the last Fire Emblem Warriors uh, introduced better systems to control, uh, you know, the, your multi-character, to organize your multi-character approach, and that's obviously made its way into Hyrule Warriors. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll definitely play this. I'm never the guy to you know look i'll play these the day they're out but i'm i'm very (laughs) i would i would drop everything and maybe take a day off to play a traditional fire emblem game but not a warriors game but i'll I'll check it out because of the characters and the music and the you know the adjacency to one of my favorite franchises well Mm -hmm. i think i know a game that you might take a day off for and that is Live Alive, which was announced yesterday, a 2D, 3D remake of a game that I only have heard of, but know nothing about. So I'm very interested to know why you're so fond of this game, Pear. I actually your, have the... Your Twitter thread was fascinating, Pear. Thank you for oh, that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I posted uh, a, a little bit of uh, why you should care about this game because people, you know, I saw our tweet of the announcement got like 300 likes on Twitter on the IGN account. And so I explained it and I might 
at something like 12,000 likes now. So obviously people are are seeing the light. Uh, live or live, yes, it's called Raibu, Raibu in Japanese. So I think somebody probably started life as uh, Live Alive because it's literally about that. If you've played Octopath Traveler, this yep. is the game Love that it. inspired Octopath Traveler. Okay, well, there it yes. is. Yes, and so it's funny that they're using that that two, what do they call it, 2D HD style? HD, HD yeah. 2D. HD, yeah. Yes, they're using that style now on this game, which is funny. So it's everything's coming full circle. So just briefly, this was a game made in 1994. It was supposed to come out before Final Fantasy VI, but uh, you know, took a while to finish. It was directed by Takashi Tokita. That is the guy who would then direct Chrono Trigger. So obviously you've got mm. a, an all-star designer from Nintendo's team. He was the lead designer on Final Fantasy IV. The dev team behind it was Division V, the creators of Final Fantasy. The composer is Yoko Shimomura, who composed Street Fighter, Mario RPG, all these great soundtracks. Um, and what they did with this game, Square back then had a publishing relationship with uh, Shogakukan, which is uh, one of Japanese biggest print publishers. They have all these manga lines. They brought together multiple manga artists um, to design this game, and each manga artist would take one scenario. And what we ha what you have here is a game that has seven chapters, seven different scenarios, each one set in a different time period. One is feudal Japan, one is imperial China, one is sci-fi in like a take on like a 2001 meets Alien. Uh, uh, one is wrestling. One is something like uh, Akira, uh, like near future. And one is cavemen. And the difference in the scenarios is so cool. Like the, the caveman scenario, the characters don't actually have words. They just have emojis. And so they just do bone and heart and they just make grunts. And it's so cool. And then there's a Western one where you have this obvious Clint Eastwood take and Shimomura does her best, her best take on, on Ennio Morricone music. It's just... This game is such a joy. It's a traditional turn-based RPG. Yes. I, I read that the only reason it didn't come to the West back then is that it lagged behind a little bit in the visual department, which is true. Some chapters are really, really beautiful, even in the original, but it just didn't look as good as Final Fantasy V and VI and right. Chrono Trigger and Secret of Mana. And so it unfortunately didn't come out here. And so now it's going to get made more beautiful it looks a lot like the art um that we saw in the original game but man this is one of the best soundtracks uh square has ever put out i could not believe my High eyes. praise <laughs> like i could not believe my eyes when that came on and i'm like wait a second what is that and then i saw the rooftops um from the uh you know the 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 ninja scenario i'm like oh my god they're actually bringing <laughs> it back i like i thought this was lost for good because so many people were involved um you know manga artists and you got to get their permission to redo it and all of that it's just incredible no, it's so cool. And it's also, it's such a deep cut that they're not just porting, like they're, they're giving it a ton of new love, which is really, really awesome. I like the thing that you were tweeting about, about different, different uh, artists working on different scenarios within the game. And that's why it's, it sort of celebrates how disparate it's, it is, you know, it's, yeah. it's got all these different, like you're, you know, there, there's, there's platforming elements. And then there's also like, there's wild west or on a motorcycle over here. Like there's, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how this will come together. I don't even care if it will, but I really want to try it. It, it comes yeah. together. It is. Think of it as the dark tower RPG. Like if you know the Stephen King, um, you know, confusing and sometimes not always <laughs> successful, but really interesting epic. It, it plucks characters from these different time zones and then they all come together. It's just, it's freaking awesome. Kat, do you have any I, any history with this game? I love that this game is coming out 
because it is very much a lost classic and it has a certain, uh, I want to say cult following here in North America, but the SNES game was always considered a little bit hard to go back to. So mm. having an updated version of it, it makes me really happy. Frankly, the same can be said for Chrono Cross. And this is what I'm going to say. I think the Nintendo Switch is the best pure JRPG console ever made. Wow. If, it gets, if it gets the Final Fantasy 1 through 6 pixel remaster, yeah. it's almost it's mm-hmm. pretty much comprehensive at this point. Yeah. The sheer number of interesting JRPGs cutting across the entire swath of the genre from Xenoblade to Dragon Quest to live classics like Live Alive. We're getting a freaking Frontmaster remake on this thing. (laughs) If you are a JRPG fan, the Nintendo Switch is just a must own. It is amazing. All all they need now is uh, to go back to Capcom to give us a new Breath of Fire. And and Mm. I don't think they'll be missing much. But you can play it. You can play that on the Nintendo Switch uh, app or the Super Nintendo app. You can play oh, yeah, one and two, right. I think. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I you're absolutely right. The Wildfire Three. Yeah. I'm just hoping that this means we get more remakes in this sort of style, and you know whether or not it's games that never came over here, or you know games that we're familiar with. Terra Enigma. Let's I, go. Uh, uh, Bahamut Lagoon is a real great game that yeah. I would like. To, I like mm. it a lot. Mm. It's the only. It's one of the few SRPGs that I actually. Have played Final for any Fantasy significant tactics remake Fi- anybody? But we're getting Triangle Strategy, which is basically we're- Tactics Ogre by any right. other names. So. Actually, and there's a new demo for that, and your progress in the demo will carry over to basically the actual game. Every any taste that you have in JRPGs is going to be fulfilled in one way or another. Ex- Action RPG, turn-based strategy, it's all there. Except yeah. the taste for Mother Three. Ah, ooh, no. yeah. how to do it, you Nintendo? Do it. Why you do it? At this why point, you do? <laughs> at, at the, look, it's very obvious it's going to come. They like the yeah. they did. They did both beginning. So. I don't think so either. I think it's coming. Oh, no, it's my prediction: within the next five years, Mother Three fans will be disappointed. <laughs> they started at least localizing it. They started localizing it back in the day and decided not to because of some of the stuff in the actual story. I don't think they want to touch it. It is oh, actually re- unlockable when you beat Metroid Prime 4. That is the way. Is that it? Is that, okay. <laughs> no, um, I, I feel like every couple of years, and they did, I believe they did this on the Wii, right? Did they put, was, or was it, was Earth, did Earthbound come to Wii U? Was that like the first time we were able to like legally play that game? Like, I believe Earth, so. Earthbound. Or was it the Super NES Classic? I think no, it came no, out on no, the no. Wii U. Yeah, it came out, and okay. then it came out on the 3DS. Yep. and then it came out yep. on the SNES Classic. Yeah, and so, so I feel like every single time that happens, I'm like, "This is it. They're laying the groundwork down. They're giving their audience the homework to do before Mother Three, yeah. and then that just never happens." <laughs> and then we just I we love keep Mother doing Three. To, to be clear, I think Mother Three is a great game, but this is one of those games where it's like people want it because they just don't can't get it right now that's right it came out on the gba a long time ago at this point and yeah like it'll come out if we ever actually got it there would be a huge burst of excitement and the hardcore mother fans would play it and that would be that it, it, <laughs> it was move on. It, it was really odd that you know nintendo went back and localized the original mother uh and then released it on <laughs> wii u and then never did mother three but you know, it is it is a it is a GBA title. It started life as an N64 game, which I saw 
at I think it was Space World when it was being shown in development, and then it underwent, you know, it, it it got in trouble. It never got finished, and then it got handed to a different developer. So what you got was Brownie Brown finishing this game that's that Shigesato Itoi and Ape worked on before, and like you know, there was friction around this game. You know, the the, the true story has never been told as to what exactly all went on there, but there was definitely a break with Itoi and Nintendo. They're friends. Itoi tweeted about this game, like uh, about Earthbound mm. 1 and 2 coming, or 0 and 1 coming out. Um, but I'd say never say never. I feel like, again, the Earthbound characters are in games like Smash. It's not like Nintendo has walked away from it completely like they have from Mock Rider or something like that. And I, <laughs> I do think eventually someday Nintendo will bring on a team, maybe it's Monolith or someone who will make a new Earthbound RPG. Oh and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. No, I yeah. completely agree with Kat. I think you're right. I think that, you know, if they were to announce that it was coming out, people would go crazy with excitement. And then the only people who would actually play it would be the very small say, fan base of actual well, Mother 3 fans. When people say they want Mother 3, what they actually mean is they want Mother 4. They want a new Earthbound. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, we got it. It's called Undertale. There's mm. a huge <laughs> surge of indie RPGs that have pulled from the aesthetic and the themes of Earthbound, the kind of whimsical look combined with sort of the dark storytelling because Earthbound could be quite dark in its own kind of twisted way. And so in many ways, Earthbound has become more formative to RPGs over the years. And people are going, okay, the time has come. We want Mother 4. And I don't know if that's ever going to happen. And I don't think Mother 3 is going to be able to kind of reduce that There's Here's what I'm going to say if you want to play Mother 3. You can get a repro cart, play it on your analog pocket, bada bing. There's a fan translation out there. You can play it right Very now. Very good fan you translation. You can't play it on your Switch. Right. Yeah. You probably can't find an analog pocket either. But if you can. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, sorry about that. That's the way to do it. Yeah, so do you have a thousand dollars for an analog oh pocket? My God. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Twenty twenty two is a pretty stacked year. I mean, this was just this direct was for just the first half of twenty twenty two. So uh we need to look at the entirety of the year. So we've got in March, in March, and this is not a complete list, this is not full, but we have Triangle Strategy, Chocobo GP, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, Rune Factory 5, and Kirby. He eats a car now, and he can become a vending machine and, and shoot uh, shoot cans just like in Maximum Overdrive, that seminal Stephen King movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's March. We've got Advance Wars, Lego Star Wars, Skywalker Saga finally is coming in April. Splatoon 3 is on track for 2022. Uh, we saw the Salmon Run uh, teaser yesterday. Bayonetta 3 is still on track. And, of course, the sequel to Breath of the Wild is coming out in 2022. Probably. And we already got Legends of Arceus, which has been extremely yeah. successful. There is a right. new, there's a new Splatoon enemy called the Fish Stick. And yeah. It's just <laughs> the best. And like a giant Gojira salmon as well. Oh, I'm so yeah. excited for, for Salmon Run. It really yeah. is 2017 all over again. All we're missing oh, yeah. is the new the 1-2 Switch sequel that they refuse to announce for some reason. 3-4 Switch, but yeah. We're getting Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 came out in 2017. We're getting Splatoon. Splatoon 2 came out in 2017. We're getting Breath of the Wild 2, which I think is definitely coming out. That came out in 2017. They're just running it all back. The only thing we're... I'm, they're even re, basically re-releasing Mario Kart 8 the way that they did <laughs> in <right>. 2017. <laughs> it's wild. It's a five-year party. Good. 
2017 was one of the greatest games in gaming history. Yeah. You know? So I'm up for it. Yeah, I'm up for it. It'd be good to have a Metroid game someday. Another one. Yeah, I'm greedy. I'm greedy. We we got that, that uh, DLC to make it impossibly difficult. So yeah, you can go give me get that Metroid hit. Prime remake. Go get hit that, once and nah. die. That, that, <laughs> that's that's I think that, that was the thing everybody was asking for was for Dread to be just a little tougher. I know. Um, I know. Yeah, I, it is. That is a cool announcement though, because they they also kind of patch in an easy mode, which is which is great yep. for some people. So. Um, that's we there were like rumors of of you know or i guess hopes of, of metroid dlc and that's it's not exactly like a whole new area to explore or anything like that i'm not sure how they would work that in but this is cool you know it's a good yeah. reason to go back yeah i and, am waiting uh, for the what was it the game's done quick run where somebody beats it on the impossible mode the dread uh, mode while blindfolded somebody's gonna do it <laughs> I, I actually got shivers thinking about that that's yeah yeah mm-hmm. that, but that'll be a fun video next summer mm-hmm. yeah have you ever seen that uh, that guy playing the Tetris Master Mode where you can't see the bricks coming yep. down? It's like every time I watch it, it just blows my mind. It's one of my favorite like uh, videos of somebody playing a video game to actually watch. But what else is coming out this year that uh, we forgot, or I should say I forgot because I put the run of show together? Um, there's there always was... Nintendo always has a has a surprise for the second year, right? Like they mm. they've. I don't think we've ever had a year where they announced the entire slate. We also didn't always have a year where their slate actually stuck around. Nothing got delayed. That happens too, right? But like, I do feel like in the summertime, we'll get another couple of things that will fill the gaps for the rest of the year. And obviously, mm-hmm. hopefully the release date for Breath of the Wild. Um, mm, please. There, there's some, you know, there's some odd stuff com- coming. You saw Force Unleashed was announced right. for the Switch. And like, yeah. sure. in, in the weirdest twist, it's the Chrome Studios developed Wii version, which right. is... <laughs> not going to look pleasant no. on your on your switch owning no. eyes when you play it. That's so funny. Like it didn't look good when it came to Wii. It's actually not a bad game, and it has motion controls and all of that. But it's, it's like a, it's, it's a just, seven, which is good. If when you're asking what else is coming, everything. I think everything. just everything that's going to run on Switch is going to be tossed at the Switch as, you know, it's crossed 100 million units sold. Everybody's going to dig out their stuff and toss it at this machine to see what sticks. Yeah. And the, they're projecting the secret, 23 million more. Portal. So secret, this uh, Portal. Secret best <gasps> announcement was No Man's Sky. Oh, right. right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. We, uh, the No Man's Sky folks were saying that apparently... There were like two people who were basically doing a moonshot program to try and get this thing onto the Nintendo Switch. And they had real doubts about whether or not they could actually do it because, I mean, the Switch, frankly, is not as powerful as a PS4. But they did it. It's, and you know what? Who know who's gonna buy No Man's Sky and the Nintendo Switch for like the third time? <laughs> Me. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm. I'm. You know, I'm. I'm less excited about all these. These. You know. Uh, games from five seven years ago coming to switch as i as i used to be and i think that's because i'm i'm traveling significantly less now uh but i think this is awesome and the fact it's it's a miracle they were able to pull it off and i kept expecting the you know cloud logo to pop up and them to be like yeah but it's not not really like you could if you're you know connected to the internet 24 7 you can play no man's sky on your switch but like having a portable version of that game is nuts 
That is yeah. incredibly cool. That is uh, makes just me so happy. A technological yes. miracle. So yeah, that's the bummer with Kingdom Hearts, obviously, which is uh, I think is is out and now. Right? The names, really yeah, those are the worst yeah. names of any uh, games. That is the worst part. That's right. No, it's the worst part is that you have to be connected online. I will say Kingdom Hearts is probably uh, doable pretty well on cloud because it's not a, a, a Twitch I game in the same way that you know <laughs> something to, like an FPS I've would t- mean. I've talked to people who have top-end internet connections who have played that game, and they were saying it's not good. Yeah, like, okay. There's, you know, like the 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 screen has, uh, you know, the breaking up and that kind of thing, and eh. there's noticeable input delay. It's I mean, just not yeah. a satisfying experience to no, play that thing right. on a cloud. No, and unfortunately, at the end of the day, it is still Kingdom Hearts, so you, right. you know, <sighs> that is the game you are playing that you sat down to choose to play, so... <laughs> You know, wow. things are bad. It's it's your. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just Jonathan Hive on the angriest fan base. Jonathan Dornbush at all, but it's going to come uh, after you. All right, <laughs> we have this important segment that we need to get to, and that is this week's cat take. Cat, please oh. hit us with your take. Hi, Seth. I, this Hi, week, cat. I'm going to talk about a very important event that is happening this week, and I'm of course referring to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes, this is Cat Bailey's pick. For Super Bowl 56 it's a lot. between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. Now, this is this is my disclaimer, sports fans. I am cursed. I have cursed luck when it comes to all sports. I am doomed to wander this earth without seeing any of my teams ever play in a championship. <laughs> so if I am supporting your team, that means you are doomed. And Cincinnati Bengals fans, I've got bad news. I am supporting your team. Ooh. I'm all in. I've been a Bengals fan going back to the days of Achilles Smith. And no, I'm not actually a Bengals fan. I'm a Vikings fan. But I have a lot of sympathy for you. You have those stripy helmets. You've had a lot of bad luck. Joe Montana was torturing you back in the 1980s. Well, you know what? I want the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. I want to be on the Joe Burrow train. And do I think that they match up poorly with the Los Angeles Rams? Heck yeah, I do. But you know what? I'm a believer. I'm going to find a can of Skyline Chili, and I'm going to drink it, just like all of you Cincinnati fans. And let's go. Cincinnati Bengals 24, Los Angeles Rams 20. I'm just stealing the Madden score. So that's my pick (laughs) for the Super Bowl. Let's go, Bengals. All right. Well, if you're gambling, put $100 down on the Rams. No, put all the money down on the Rams because they're probably going to just blow out the Bengals at this point. But seriously, Joe Burrow is so much fun. And how can you bet against the guy at this point? The, the Bengals really just do seem to be the team of destiny at this point, yep. even if they're on paper, the Rams might be better. I didn't expect hey. to hear I'll drink a can of Skyline Chili. <laughs> That's what they're doing. Like Bengals fans are slamming cans of Skyline Chili every time they need something to happen with their favorite team. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, like ch- like chugging? Like like they're yeah, you know, chugging like, it. They're shotgun just like, like shotgun and a beer? Like they're oh, shotgunning yeah. shotgunning cans of Skyline Chili. It's good stuff. Damn. I they actually I muted, I muted all of the football team words on social media except for the teams named after animals in case the real ones do something cool. And ah. I'm hoping that a Bengal or a Ram escapes that would be the awesome. real place mm-hmm. and does some wild nonsense because that's the thing is that a Bengal can a Bengal would eat a ram. So that like true. It, I guess like we'll find animal out animal matchups. Well how what about a dozen rams? Oh I mean, there's not a dozen rams. Well, I mean, I mean, in real says, life, it does say L.A. Rams, but also Cincinnati Bengals. So that would be mm, 12 Bengal Tigers uh, versus shoot. 12 Rams. 
All right. Well, we'll do it in a Battle Beast simulator on PC. <laughs> so that's my 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 very nuanced Super Bowl analysis. But well, thank uh, you, you for this week's surprise sports cat take. Take that. I'm going to do this like every once in a while. I'm just going to drop Good. sports on you. Excellent. <laughs> Tell me why the Boston Celtics are the most mid-tier team again. For, never mind. We have to talk about a console tournament. Can we talk about Kingdom we, Hearts again? <laughs> <laughs> we are running the best ever Nintendo console tournament. Week one has closed with some blowouts. The Nintendo GameCube matched up against the Wii U. The winner, 88% of people voted for the Nintendo GameCube. A mere 12% voted for the Wii U. Similarly, uh, that's how the sales actually uh, played who, out. Who so are you? Wii U stands. Where are you, Wii U stands? I yeah. thought the Wii U was such a good console. <laughs> You're on Switch with slightly better graphics. <laughs> yeah, it was, and Wii, U was, Wii U was like a GameCube, just not as good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hold the uh, the most uh, controversial one to the end. But uh, the biggest blowout right here was the Game Boy Advance against the Virtual Boy. <laughs> A full 3% of people said that the Virtual Boy was the better console and 97%. They're, that's, they're trolling too. Come on. They just want to watch exactly. the world burn. Yeah. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, they want to watch the, the world burn thing. and then have to take breaks from watching it every 15 minutes because their eyes will hurt. <laughs> <laughs> That's, probably, this was probably on. communists who want the world to be red. Oh, yeah. This is a little bit of a controversial one, but uh, the Nintendo 3DS versus the Nintendo DS and the Nintendo 3DS won with 62.8% of the vote. I uh, I feel like the fact the that Nintendo DS is the most underrated Nintendo platform at this point. I I'm, think, yeah, about, I, I, we're I, talking about one of the greatest, highest selling Nintendo platforms ever. Like yeah, Iwata was well, saying, this is a handheld that will raise us to heaven or sink us down to hell. And then raise Nintendo to heaven. Oh, I think yes, that's a fair, did. that's a fair take, Kat. I, I believe yeah. in you on that one for sure. Um, I think, I, thank you. I wonder if the, if people voting for 3DS are considering like the backwards compatibility. I think that's what it. Mm. I, I circled that in my head a lot. I was like, ah, I mean, technically the 3DS just is the DS. That's it, right? I, we you have can, to, I think. Yeah. yeah, you can't it's make the argument that those, the right? you can't make the argument that the DS has the better lineup when all of those games are playable on 3DS, but right? On and its then, own, on its own. Like, Depends on your criteria, but the, I, I would have voted for the DS simply because of that nostalgia factor and like seeing it done first and all the great games that came out during the DS era. But yeah, you know, can't argue against the 3DS, which what I gave away my. Games. What is the best? What is the best 3DS game? I'm, is it A Link Between Worlds? Steel Divers. Yeah, I. I <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, A Link Between I, I, Worlds I would, is up there. Fire Emblem Awakening. I, I would do Link Between Worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah, sure. Nintendo DS had Dragon Quest Nine. Oh my god! It had mm-hmm. all those Dragon Quest remakes. Yeah, it had quite a few really that are fantastic. Very expensive now. Only one of those platforms has Elite Beat Agents. Granted, you can play Elite Beat Agents on your 3DS, so it's like whatever. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I yeah. feel I feel like the DS might have the better native library it's it's tough for me oh like, it I'm, does it yeah, does yeah. yeah I think like it all in all it does um, if you look at stuff like the like the top tier stuff like Zelda and Mario. Um, I think that like there's only what 3d land on 3ds and on, 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 on DS there's like the new, the first new super Mario game that they made for that system. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. And, and, and the Nite- 
the, the oh, 3ds had a lot of cool 3d remakes right it had ocarina, ocarina of time 3d star fox 3d oh, yeah. majora's, majora's mask 3d mask. all of that yeah. stuff yeah super mario 3d land was on it uh but in the end yeah the ds and, and and it had a really good lineup of fire emblem games obviously during that era so um but the ds just has so much more like when you go yeah. into the ds library but again they're all playable on 3ds yeah. that's i think that's and i think that's what most people thought when they voted the nintendo ds is what brought me back to jrpgs i was i just didn't have time for them and all of a sudden it's like i can play plus, this in bed and i can close it i don't have to spend a half an hour looking for a save point I can yep. just plus pick the it 3ds had virtual console which right. uh, it wasn't as good of a virtual console as the Wii, mm. but the fact that I could play Game Boy games on it mm. and Super Nintendo games and Nintendo games was all pretty cool. It had themes yeah. for it, and then it had oh, a lot of it like did. it had some killer Etrian Odyssey games. It has yeah, Pocket true. Card Jockey, the best sports game of the past <laughs> decade. Just saying, yeah, I nope. like you know what. This. We talked about that's not even the most controversial, I think, of the matchups because this next one, the Nintendo 64 versus the Nintendo Wii, the Nintendo 64 won by with 70.9% of the wow. votes. 70.9% of you are wrong because the Nintendo 64 was a great console. I've said before, it's my least favorite Nintendo console, but the Wii was revolutionary and a massive success in every possible metric. It brought people who would never play video games into the world of video games. And uh, it was actually codenamed the Nintendo Revolution when uh, when it was in development. So. The, the Wii was a great controller and a great idea compared to the N64, which was not a great controller. Um, but the N64 is just great hardware. Like mm-hmm. the N64 came out as a piece of tech and introduced a, a great style. Hardware. It was, it was for its time. <laughs> like the things you no, could do for on its it. time when everybody else was putting out a CD-ROM based video games. Right. And it was like, well, how about we put out a $95 cartridge that you but have they, to buy? No, but there was a difference to the maturity of the visuals where y- things didn't look blocky anymore, right? Like that, that machine did something to games that it was too early and things were blurry and foggy and all yeah. of that but it it introduced the concept of oh yeah maybe maybe pixels should be gone by now and it had amazing games it it introduced yeah, analog okay. control which was very you know obviously it, it didn't invent it but it up. popularized it but we were stupid hardware we was this a disappointing box with a great controller and some great ideas the we uh, okay so we nostalgia is real now I will say that much. I am uh, not as strong as yeah. N64. That said, by 2010, when HD TVs were really starting to hit critical mass, the Wii really just started to seem so dated. Yeah, and in so many ways, Nintendo really needed to cut the cord and get to the Wii HD by 2010 mm-hmm. or thereabouts. And they held on a couple years too long with the a Nintendo Wii. So, but in, in terms of like the actual games, I think the Wii has a underrated library. There are a lot of sneaky, great games, including for my money, pound for pound, one of the best 3D Mario games in Mario Galaxy. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yep. Yeah. Got two and, Mario Galaxy games. And the virtual console on the Wii was the oh, best man. out of pretty much all of them. It had game, it had like PC Engine. There were so many weird Commodore things Commodore 64. Out. That, was, a, yeah, was, that was an absolute delight was loading that up. Um, I believe, was it Wednesdays where <laughs> new <laughs> games came <laughs> out? And I, I remember buying like Turbo Graphics games and Deep Cut Genesis games and stuff like that. That was the best. But the Metroid um, Prime Trilogy with the, Wii, the motion control was great. 
Yes, it was. Bum, bum, um, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> it was also, you know, like I will say that like playing Mario 64 for the first time and playing Nintendo Wii for the first time, like just setting, pointing at the screen and moving the remote around and bowling and like oh those God. were those were both like really important moments um yes cat's totally right i remember i waited or I, it took two weeks to get the component cables for the wii or whatever the hd cables i guess they called them um and i remember just playing uh, twilight princess on launch day which is amazing to have like a gigantic zelda game to play on day one don't get me wrong um and i really like that game but I remember just playing it and be like, this doesn't look great. And then yeah. those con- those cables came in a couple weeks later and I was like, this still does not look that good. <laughs> like, it was a it was a, a terrible bar. it was a terrible move that that machine couldn't do HD. Uh and, and you know, even if the graphics engine had been simple and like you had to do lower poly characters, like the art style of Wii Sports, for example, it everything just looked so outdated and old. It looked like a plug and play console kind of concept. And like I <laughs> think Nintendo's wow. instincts were correct. Uh, I think so too. HD TVs, especially in the Japanese market, had not really hit critical mass in 2006, but they should have pivoted by like 2010. They wanted it to yeah. be cheap. That's it, right? They wanted yeah. to sell yeah. it and uh, for for a, a competitive price and make a lot of money with it, which they did. But I will say about the N64, um, to someone who, you know, like when I first plugged in Super Mario 64 and started to play it, I don't think I've ever had a moment like that with video games again. And like, I, I don't think, yeah. you know, a lot of younger players didn't have that moment. They, they, you know, maybe Minecraft is the first 3d game they started with. Uh, and, and, and they're exposed to games on YouTube before they even play them nowadays. And Mario 64, you start playing, you're like, this is the future, right? Like yeah. it just felt so different. And I, I think the only thing that came close is like your first VR demo or something. Yep. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that was yeah. up there. It was also like you got that moment several times on the N64, like when Ocarina of Time came out. And I think that that's like, you know, if you look back that I, I think when people think of the N64, they don't, you know, history has been very kind to that console in that you don't remember that there were large stretches of nothing. Mm-hmm. Like they were, they were really like, I remember I bought, uh, I bought, I saved up forever and I bought an N64, Pilot Wings, and Mario 64 on day one. And then I bought four controllers and there were no four-player compatible games for quite some time. In fact, I, I believe like one of the first ones, one of the first Golden like actual, yeah, that was like one of the first like, and that was that was years in, right? But yeah. I remember even playing Mario Kart sixty-four for the first time and being like, okay, this is this is a continuation of what they've always been trying to do, but it's 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 bigger and 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 cooler now, and it's it's doing so much more. And it, it, like Donkey Kong sixty four was the first one of those where I hit a wall, and I was like, okay, so they didn't all make the jump properly. That's okay. No, you, but they can't but all be winners. And, love and, me. And the N sixty four obviously it, it it adapted classic franchises to three D and did so very well and wrote the playbook for many games. But it it, it was the place where. Paper Mario started. Super Smash Brothers started. Uh, all right, I'm coming around. Wave now. Race started. Ro- Star yeah. Wars games for real. Like Rogue Squadron was such a different animal yeah. from even great mm. games like X Wing. You know, Mario Golf. Like there are just so many starts to amazing things on that machine. And the difference to me is that I would rather play on N64 in 2022 than I would a Wii. Yep. It feels like the Wii has passed out of history in a lot of ways, whereas the N64 can still be quite a nostalgic thing. Playing Mario 64 holds up. Ocarina of Time holds up. Star Fox 64 very much holds up. 
So, and plus, not only that, if you just look at like the legacy games like GoldenEye, there's a reason that people still think about that game. That yeah. I mean, true, mostly it's the idea of GoldenEye more than mm-hmm. the reality <laughs> of GoldenEye. But oh my God, that was such an incredible local multiplayer shooter. Yeah. It was the breakthrough for console shooters in so many ways, years before yeah. Halo. So, That's true. Uh, to me, the Wii is like the flip phone. Like I have fond memories yeah. of having one, but I don't oh want God. one now. I well, do. You're totally right. <laughs> I want to go back. You're there's, totally right. There's also and a- yet, here's Nintendo making Wii Sports again. <laughs> <laughs> right, I, and but the thing I get the difference there is like this is a this is a brand new game running on on Switch, and I feel like there's a lot of great yeah. stuff on the on the DS, le- less so the 3DS, but also the Wii that is sort of like landlocked to those original hardware systems, yeah. right? Like they're they're tethered to their their control inputs, and they're harder to port. Like there's an entire app on your Switch to play vintage N64 games, and they all run pretty well. Right, like there's making an HD remake of GoldenEye is like theoretically possible. I've played the one that leaked. I'm excited for the one that's inevitably going to happen now that Xbox owns Activision. (laughs) Um, Those those are really cool games. It less so, you know, uh, like a lot of the pointer motion controls that happened along the Wii. I think it's it's it'd be harder to kind of drag and drop those on an HD system. So I do think there's a lot of great games on that console, and I wish that there was like. I wish Nintendo could embrace that level of nostalgia for those of us who want to play them again, because they're, they're it's pretty hard to go back. And I don't I don't have my original Wii anymore. I have a Wii U that has a bunch of games like loaded up on it, but I don't Dust. feel like dragging all that out. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, find find a way to port those games to switch and, you know, we'll talk. Also, it's uh, HD and Mario Galaxy are already on the switch. Yeah. EA, please bring us a, a new boom blocks, because I sure did love oh, some boom, boom blocks, blocks back. On that the was Wii. a great game. It was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So much fun. There's All right, a next lot of week's really cool games. Yeah. Next week's matchups. Whew, this one I'm I think I'm gonna be heartbroken, but it's Super Nintendo versus GameCube. Oh boy. Uh, I know where the where the fans are gonna go with that one. Nintendo 64 versus the original NES. Game Boy versus Game Boy Advance. I think I know what's gonna win that one. It's and easy. the Nintendo 3DS. This one I think is gonna be a good matchup. The Nintendo 3DS versus the Nintendo Switch. Stay tuned. For all the fighting needs that you have for consoles that aren't real to punch each other in the face next week on NBC. And go vote. And I, go yeah. vote. We'll, uh, we'll put that out on Twitter and you'll see it on the on the front of IGN.com. Question block time. We have time for question block. I'm skipping over what we've been playing because I want to hear from the audience rather than the audience hear from us because we've been doing that for an hour now. Robin mm-hmm. Friend asks, what is the next game you would like to see get the hd 2d treatment and we we, t- we touched on this a little bit pair you're you're laughing i, I i'm wondering I, I, was, if- I was gonna troll and say uh mother three but um, <laughs> no F- final fantasy four yeah yep. oh four yeah. not six i know i would start six with six is the one that everybody always brings six up. is really beautiful <laughs> still and i think four well, you know yeah. four the the games just look better with every incarnation. I think we can go back to four, which is an amazing game, and what a soundtrack on that one too. Or and just make favorites. it pretty again. Yep, yeah. make it pretty. Four is one of the greatest JRPGs oh, so ever good. made. One of the greatest games ever made. Yeah. And the thing that I love about four is that it's actually pretty short mm-hmm. by yeah. most standards. It just moves so fast. Mm-hmm. You can actually call Final Fantasy thirteen in some ways a throwback to Final Fantasy four in the mm. flow of it. But my answer would be. Dragon Quest V, which yeah. was got a beautiful remake, 
on the Nintendo DS. And I believe it's $100 now as well. It's fairly hard to find. And Mm -hmm. for my money, DQ5 is still the best Dragon Quest. It has a stirring story. It takes place in the story. It takes place over the course of like 25 years. Your character goes from like a kid to an adult. And then they get married and they have kids and they have an adorable saber cub cat friend (laughs) pet. And it feels like this wonderful, sprawling, delightful world. And every RPG fan should play Dragon Quest V at some point. And I think that the HD 2D look would fit so well for those kind of nostalgic visuals. So that's my pick. That's a good one. Mine would be either uh, Secret of Mana, which... You know, I think just mm. this totally deserves to go in there. Um, and this one's outside of the box because it's not Square Enix, but uh, Zelda 2 for NES. I feel oh. like there's, oh. I feel like that there's, would there's be a, cool. Right? I like there's, there's a way to make that game and modernize mm-hmm. some of it, still keep it kind of like pretty tough. Um, and those games looked great still, yeah. like actually. And I wish they had done more. So, like, if they had done that with Zelda 2, it would have been pretty cool. So, yeah. Uh. Yeah, that's a yeah, good they one. didn't, right? No, they did excite bike oh, and stuff man. like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then I hadn't the... thought about those 3D classics in forever, Kat. Thank this you. This is one of the few collection. examples of a good 3D usage on the 3DS, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I also hadn't thought now, the the eShop's still open, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to plug in still my 3DS. Get Go get them now. They, they did Excite Bike, Kid Icarus, Kirby's Adventure, Twin B, Urban Champion, and Xevious. And Urban then there's a bunch Champ- of Kirby, Kirby's right? Adventure and Excite Bike are the two. Yeah. Who who greenlit Urban Champion over either of the Zelda games? You got to licensing issues. Exactly. The the yeah. guy who owns the rights was like, I need a hundred dollars. I think my choice. I think the original Metroid for the uh, NES would be awesome with a with mm-hmm. an HD two D remake. Um, but I mean, we kind of already got that with and Dread, a map, but <laughs> and a map. Like I, you know, I limited myself to the Square games because they were most likely to do this stuff. But like, they have a deep catalog of games like Romancing Saga too that oh, yeah. don't hold up that well today anymore, um, and 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 could really benefit from these these overhauls. Be yeah. fun to see more. Just make all of them. Yeah, just do all the old games all. in the HD two D treatment. All How right, about Shining Go. Force. Hmm? Oh yeah. yeah! Outside of the uh, the Nintendo world, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's another or or any of the uh, the fantasy stars would be. Would be pretty awesome too, but especially the original one for the uh, Fantasy Star One, yeah, yeah, which is the game that brought me a lot of pain because I was such a Nintendo diehard. When I went to my friend's house and saw Fantasy Star, I had to admit to myself that maybe the Master System wasn't. Fantasy Star One is shockingly good. I did a whole podcast exploration of it a few months ago, and I couldn't believe how well it holds up. If you can get, oh really? Even now. There's an M2 update on the Nintendo Switch where they add Say a no lot more. of quality of life features and it, add, it makes it so much better to play. Play it. It's good. Okay. I'm going to seek this out. You said M2. I'm like, all right, uh, I'm into that. Uh, this next question is from Brian. Uh, I'm going to say this in the German way to try to impress Pear. Langenwalter. Oh, sehr gut. <laughs> Danke. <laughs> what feature from previous Nintendo consoles would you love to see on the Switch? And now I thought about this one. And Metroid I would, Prime. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's possible, but maybe some engineer can figure out. I loved the dual screen uh, hmm. features of the Wii U. I loved like having a map in my menu screens there while I was playing on the TV. I wish hmm. they could figure out some way to do that, whether it's, you know, hmm. I don't even care how, but I love that so it's much. fascinating and, you called out the Wii U and not like the DS. Well, I mean, <laughs> I thought about... 
Well, I like the dual screens on the DS as well, but I loved that I had this like little handheld, you know, all my stuff, my inventory or whatever, things that you would sort of hold in your hand or, or put in your pocket was literally in your hands while the game was playing out. You know, you're looking at the map in your hands as you would in real life. And I, that's one of my favorite things about the Wii U that we just don't have and we'll probably never get again. It was a very long time where we got pretty spoiled by having dual screen stuff for yeah. Metroidvanias and, and, and such. Oh, yeah. And then there were a lot of games that used it stupidly, like Super Princess Peach, where you just clicked on various emotions. <laughs> That's right. Cry. Um, as, you know, there's, <laughs> I, there's several reasons that agents. game hasn't come back. Ooh, yeah, that right. too. Bring it um, back. But my answer to this question is Street Pass, which I really oh, love. I love Street Pass so much. I, you know, and like it's it's one of those things where it's I don't know how difficult that would be to implement on Switch, but like having some sort of interactivity with the Loved outside it. world when you bring your portal with you yeah. and coming back and getting, you know, meeting people who bear gifts. Like that's a there's a really cool element to that. So and then fun. using those things to fight in the sort of like yeah. you know, pro- progress through an RPG. Like there was there's a lot or unlock puzzle pieces. You know, yeah. silly little things. They're you know uh, that the, they just don't do anymore, and I miss yeah. that stuff. Good point. Probably battery concerns with Bluetooth and all that. Mm. But yeah, like there's no reason the Switch couldn't couldn't do the exact same thing. I I really liked you know coming home after a trip into the city and then seeing oh I street passed with some guy from Brazil. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just it was a really cool community feature. My answer actually would tie into community too, which is. The Switch dashboard is very stark. It's very utilitarian, you know, no customization. You can jump into a game, which is nice and really fast. But there was just something special to powering up your Wii U and having all the Miis yeah, run into the plaza. In. Yeah. And like, you know, Splatoon has that obviously built into the game. But like that sort of community and seeing your friends visualized, I think, is really missing from the Switch. Yeah. The Switch is very solitary in its approach. Yeah. Good for battery power, good for portable maybe, but not so great for uh, identity and having a profile on it. That's a good question. Like, why did themes die? They've died on every platform because the Nintendo 3DS, I had the Nintendo card theme on my 3DS and I love the look of it. And on my PS4, I had my Valkyria Chronicles theme that I absolutely love. But I can't get themes on any of the modern platforms. I don't understand it seems like you're leaving money on the table, not allowing people to be able to buy these things, but they just so. steadfastly refuse to put them on there. Which Bring is weird. Nint- Nintendo's so active in their games, like Paper Mario with like sticker collection and customization features like that. Like, would it be that hard for every game to have a sticker that you can apply to your home screen and like personalize it and move stuff around? Well, we should will it into existence like we did with the Nintendo Direct. Bring back the Let's themes. Go. That's going to be the title of this show. But we are all out of time right now. So that is it. For this week's NVC, make sure to follow us on Twitter at NVC Podcast. Submit your question block questions to the NVC Facebook group uh, next week when we call for them. I want to thank Brian Altano for coming back, being with Thanks us for, for the full hour. Oh, always. Uh, I want to thank Kate on the ones and twos and Logan behind the scenes. Most of all, thanks for you. Thanks to you for hanging out with us. And remember, NVC is the only place where you can <laughs> get the thing. Get, get the, the thing. thing. Go Bengals. IGN FanFest, a massive event celebrating the biggest names in games and entertainment. And it's all powered by you, the fans. Join us for exclusive new looks and deep dives on the most exciting things you can't wait for this year. It's got goosebumps. Brand new gameplay, sneak peeks, stars, and your biggest questions answered. IGN FanFest kicks off on February 19th at 11 a.m. Pacific, so don't miss a second of it.
Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.